Butterfly in the sky, I can fly twice as high. Take a look, it's in a book, a reading rainbow. Reading rainbow! Everybody and welcome back. Did y'all miss us? This is Thanks for Participating, your favorite podcast hosted by Sydney. Wait, maybe I should let you introduce yourself. I've Okay, so it's been 6 months and we kind of forgot how to do this. Yeah, just a little bit. But I'm Sydney and I'm Josh. And we're your hosts and we are so excited to be back at it. We missed it so much. This is the season 2 premiere of our podcast. <laughs> Yes, and we've decided we have seasons now because we took a six-month break. So <laughs> Yeah, the, the last six months has been an unintentional hiatus. Yes. The last time we took a hiatus, I think, was only like three months, and it was because we had to record the episode with your dad three times yeah. over again. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> that was the worst. Well, Back in uh, August, we released our episode on Interstellar. And then just a lot has happened since August. Um, we started school back up. It was kind of the first time since the pandemic that we started school full time in person. Yeah. And, and both of us were working. We've got new jobs. And, and I think your grandma passed away that week, too. And so, wow, a lot has happened since our last episode. Right. A lot has happened even just since January. No kidding. Well, we're both super excited to be back. Yeah, we... This morning, I guess it wasn't this morning, it was more like this afternoon, we sat down at our desks and we were looking at our microphone um, setup and Sydney was like, I really miss the podcast because for the past couple of weeks we keep um, talking about the podcast. We're like, speaking of, we should, we should, we really need to do another episode, but it's just kind of like, yeah, but we've got so much else to do, so we haven't. But then today we were like, why don't we set a date to do the episode? And she was like, well, what about this evening? And we're like, okay, might as well. <laughs> Yeah, it was definitely this afternoon because we woke up at like two. So we, we, we don't we need to tell even, everybody that. We weren't even awake this morning. Now everyone's going to know that we didn't go to church today. Repent, go next. You know, <laughs> full of gospel knowledge. We're the Sunday school teachers. It doesn't matter if we go to church. <laughs> That's not what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> so today we are excited to talk about a movie that I have seen and Sydney has not seen. Last time we talked about Interstellar and I had not seen it. But today we will be talking about the 1989 masterpiece, Batman, directed by, I almost said Steven Spielberg. It's not Steven Spielberg, no. it's Tim Burton. <laughs> yeah, you know, with all the hype about the new Batman out, we decided instead of watching the new Batman, we'll watch the old one. Right. So we, I think Batman has been on our list of movies to cover on this podcast before we even like knew about the... Robert Pattinson Batman movie coming out this year. That's true. Oh, one thing that has happened since the last time we recorded a podcast was we passed our one year mark since starting the podcast. That was in November. So if we had been releasing episodes, we probably would have made a bigger deal about it. But yep. But since we weren't, we'll make a big deal about it now. <laughs> Go on. You're a big deal. <laughs> um. So when we started dating, you had not seen any Batman movie. That is correct. Had you seen any superhero movies or comic book movies? Yes. I had seen some Marvel movies, 
like uh I like Iron Man, even Iron Man 2, Captain America, but just like mostly mostly like first phase Marvel movies and I had seen all of the Avengers movies too. Like up into Endgame and I have my Aunt Leslie to thank for that one. Gotcha. Cuz yeah, I remember we first started dating and you were telling me you hadn't seen any Batman movies and I was like, "Well, there's so many. It would be so fun to watch them." And we had a Christopher Nolan trilogy marathon. I think in one weekend we watched them all at my parents' house or something. Yeah, something like that. And then I just know that, especially when we were dating and maybe when we were first married, you told me like, I have to be in the right mood to watch like a superhero movie and I can't take too much of it all at once. That's still true. It's still true? Yes. Okay. Because I just, I was thinking back today about how you know Ryan from the Sort of Star Wars podcast. Yeah, he started um, these bonus episodes called Marvel with Melody, where he watches all the MCU Marvel movies in order, and they record an episode about it. And he started that. Man, they must have released their first episode about a year ago, maybe a little bit more than a year, because um, I was talking to him online about those episodes that he was releasing, and I was saying I don't think I could ever get. Sydney to binge watch all of the Marvel movies with me uh, in like release order, chronological order or whatever, because I know that you had told me like several times like that you're not a super big like superhero movie watcher. But then like that week we yes, because this was in WandaVision was out and we were watching WandaVision week by week. And you told me you're just like, we should watch like all of the MCU movies in order. Yeah, we didn't binge them, though. We, like, it took us, like, several months because I didn't want to watch one every week. But we right. did We did do that. Yeah, we started with the intention to do one every week. And then for a while, we did more than one a week. And then towards the end, we did one every other, every three weeks. Yeah, but we, like, got it all done in time for, like, the new Marvel movies that came out. Like, Shang-Chi and... Uh, Eternals. Eternals, right. So has your enjoyment of superhero movies changed at all? Like si- since the time that we started dating? I don't feel like my enjoyment has changed. I mean, I've always like enjoyed them like well enough, but like I feel like superhero content has changed. Like WandaVision was less about like her powers and was more about like a compelling story of like a woman going through grief and that and the way they like did it uh the way they staged it with like the episodes and stuff where you had no idea what was happening was like so cool and like they set it up and stuff and then you know like Shang-Chi I was just like so excited about a Chinese story because like you and I both speak Chinese and so we both have like a special place in our hearts for that culture and so I was so excited to see like a Chinese superhero movie I know that you are in love with the fact that the first, what, 15 minutes are just all in Mandarin. Oh my gosh, it's so beautiful. I, like, I'm obsessed. I wish I could watch the whole movie in Mandarin, but like... Yeah, they don't even have a Mandarin cut on Disney+. Plus. I know, I'm so mad about that. I'm like, they do for Mulan, so maybe I'll have to do that with Mulan, but I was so sad about Shang-Chi not having like a full Mandarin version, but I mean, I'll take half the movie in Mandarin, that's fine. And then like Eternals, that felt more like, like... 
like a fantasy movie kind of not fantasy but you know like more ethereal and like less superhero-y and, and yeah. I really really liked that I know that might be kind of a hot take but Eternals was one of my favorite movies of all time yeah we both came out of that movie just like with huge smiles almost in tears and we couldn't stop talking about that movie for over a week we went down to Moab again and we were hiking in the Red Rocks. And the whole time we were hiking, we kept talking about the movie and how much we liked it. We were like, we just want to go see it again. So we did go see it again in theaters. But it wasn't until a little bit later that I realized that a lot of people had um, bigger criticisms of that movie or they didn't enjoy it as much as the rest of the MCU. Yeah. So it just kind of shocked me. Yeah, it shocked me too. And I think some of it was like valid. Like, like one of my close friends brought up the fact that she felt like what the ending was kind of morally wrong and that they kind of were doing the wrong thing. And like, that's what made it so she didn't enjoy the movie as much is because she like, she felt like what the Eternals goal was like, not the morally upright thing that they thought it was. And, and like, I can totally see that because that like was something I kind of wrestled with too while watching the movie, but like. Right, they're they're choosing to save 7 billion people instead of over the creation of billions and billions of planets with billions of people each. Yeah, exactly. And so, like, I can, like, I totally get, like, that sort of criticism, but I also feel like there was, like, a lot of, like, sexist criticism because, like, like, the lead character is, like, a female and there's a lot of different cultural backgrounds in, like, the Eternals and the white males in the movie were the villains. Yeah, the only two white guys were both, like the bad guys so kind of yeah right yeah so part of it i i feel like there was a fair amount of criticism that was just like i'm like a straight white guy and i don't see myself in this movie so the movie's not for me and i didn't enjoy it where it's like no one like tries to put in the effort to enjoy movies that are about other people exactly yeah that was i think um i'm really excited about just the direction that superhero movies specifically the MCU are going now in a post end game world. Um, I've talked to you before about how, when I was young, all of the superhero movies were quote unquote comic book movies. Like they were made to feel like a comic book put onto the screen panels and strips and cartoony and, and everything. And then Iron Man, um, Iron Man and the dark Knight trilogy both kind of impacted the next 10-ish years where it was, oh, superhero movies can be like dark and gritty and um, very like relevant to the world and they don't have to be like cartoony. But then like probably around 2016, is that when Guardians of the Galaxy came out? Yeah. And then it was like, they can be heavy hitting and action, but they can also be funny. And then that kind of impacted every superhero movie that came out after that, where they all had to be lighthearted and witty and funny. And I think now... It's superhero movies don't have to fall into this superhero genre where we can where we can take these characters and we can play them out in all these different types of genres. Yeah, that it doesn't have to be like about like the their powers and like the fight between their villain and stuff. But it also can be like more of like a human story and, you know, like focus on different aspects besides just like the the villain they're fighting and like their powers. And like you kind of like brought up to me, they're branching out into other genres Right. Like in the last year, Black Widow was a very spy movie. And then Shang-Chi was a was like a run of the line, like Chinese kung fu action movie, uh, complete with like the dragon at the end that like comes out of nowhere. Oh, my gosh. That movie was so amazing. (laughs) I love that movie so much. 
Yeah. And then um, I just I loved everything about Eternals and Chloe Zhao just did like such a great job. Mm -hmm. Um, And then Spider-Man was like great. I don't even know how to I guess like Spider-Man was like kind of like fit into the MCU like Spider-Man type movie. But it was also, like, so different in that, like, they weren't afraid to give, like, fans what they wanted as far as, like, nostalgia and, like, fan service and everything. Oh, my gosh. That movie had me screaming. Yeah. It was so good. But I've even heard a lot of rumors that Doctor Strange 2 coming out in May is going to be, like, a horror genre. That would be so dope. Yeah. I'm so excited for that. And then with the, um, like, with Disney acquiring Fox... And um, with the Marvel Netflix shows coming to Disney Plus, it seems that there's also there's also some Marvel projects that are moving more towards the, like the R-rated direction. And so we're just kind of seeing like a, a broader range of creativity and direction going into like all these Marvel projects. And it's just I think that's really cool and exciting. I know a lot of people are still like in the end game burnout of like we've had superhero movies for too long. It's time for something else. Which is like fair, yeah. Especially since Marvel movies, Marvel has been pumping out. I think Marvel three four movies a year now. I think Marvel to a certain extent has like recognized that too, and I think that's why we've seen the shift like in the last like few superhero movies. Like they definitely have like a very different tone and like feeling than, um, than like Endgame and like the movies prior to Endgame have had. So I think that's kind of fun. Yeah, I think there's something to be said though in why superheroes have such like a grip on like media i don't know like just on audiences because i was looking up today as after we were watching after we watched batman about like the history of superheroes in film and there have been like the first batman movie came out in the 40s i guess it was like the the serialized um show and then there was the um, that was like 1943, and then in 1966, the um Adam West sh- show and movie came out, and then um there were several kind of spinoff cartoons. But since like '89, we've been seeing like feature live action things. But like for really a hundred years, superheroes have had like a a huge influence on the the books and the co- comics and the shows. And I don't feel like superheroes are going away anytime soon. No, I don't think so. But but I think it is interesting i guess like i can understand how a lot of people are are hesitant to go see new superhero projects because they want to break because i feel like in the past how long ago was iron man 14 years ago in the past 14 years superhero craze has just kind of exploded whereas you know you might get a batman movie every 10 years (laughs) yeah i guess well i guess there is the one we watched today was 89 and then the next batman returns wasn't until 92 and then um there were two more in the 90s batman forever and i think batman and robin was 97 and then it wasn't until 2006 that so yeah nine more years until the next batman movie and but now we're getting and of course like during that time there's also superman movies and spider-man movies. but it's got yeah it's gotten to the point where marvel released how many movies last year four movies and and like a couple how, of series. Yeah, how many shows? Like five? Oh yeah. I guess I was thinking like Loki and WandaVision, but then there was also like What If and uh Falcon Hawkeye Winter Soldier and, and Hawkeye, Fal- yeah. Yeah. And there I think there was supposed to have been even more that were delayed because of the pandemic, but 
that was probably a good call. I mean, I would probably start to get more burnout if they like release more than like what they've done like yeah. so far. I I do think though that they are with the amount of content that they're releasing. I don't think I think they're it's still all like very like good quality. Like they're not like I know a lot of people felt that the Disney Star Wars trilogy like they were trying to release a Star Wars movie every year with like episode seven and then the next year was what Rogue One and then the next year was episode eight and then Solo and then uh, Rise of Skywalker and they felt like Star Wars couldn't keep that pace and they sacrificed quality for quantity. I agree with that a little bit. Right. Um, But I feel like Marvel has kind of figured out how to have all of these different projects going at once and still keeping up like a high quality overall. Don't wonder if Disney learned from their mistakes there. (laughs) Yeah. Well, should we get into the 1989 Batman? Sure. Yeah. What are your just initial thoughts? (laughs) Oh, so many. (laughs) Okay. So the first thought I had was, you know, kind of what you talked about was like that the movies before, um, like I, like Iron Man and stuff and like the Dark Knight, those were all like very like cartoonish and um like and like campy, campy, hokey, yeah. yeah, campy. That's the word I'm looking for. And I had never seen like a movie that was made before that era. What's the oldest, like earliest uh, superhero movie you'd seen? Probably Iron Man. Iron Man, Cause or I- maybe because Iron Man was 2008, and then we watched. The Dark Knight. I think Batman Begins was two thousand six. I want to say, but okay. So then maybe it was Batman it was like Begins. Those but movies. Yeah, it was like those movies, you know. So I'd never seen anything like this, and so like it was almost like a more lighthearted like superhero movie. But I actually like I still really enjoyed it, even though it was so cheesy. Like, yeah. So cheesy. <laughs> okay, so yeah, so your only um, experience as like consuming the like comic book movies is like during the like mcu renaissance or whatever where it's um post campy and so this was your first yeah i mean like i've seen like a bunch of 80s movies and stuff but i don't think my parents were ever like super into like superheroes so like the 80s movies i were i was watching was like fletch and um monty python and like those kinds of things so um you had seen the original star wars trilogy but you'd never seen the prequels I had seen the original Star Wars trilogy. Um, I was about I to ask you. Actually, watched that a couple of times. But. I was about to ask you how your thoughts on Star Wars have changed, but I think we'll save that for the yeah, that's, future. That's a whole other thing. Like, yeah. I have a lot to say about that too. We'll do Star but, Wars episode later. Yeah. Okay. I will say, like, before this movie, um, you sat me like you told me like if you're expecting like good female representation, like don't expect that. And you know, like my expectations about female representation in like an 80s movie were pretty low. Like I mean, if you think of like Monty Python, there's like what, like one woman in there and they like weigh her with a duck and then burn her because she's a witch. So. <laughs> I, I don't know what you're talking about. There's the whole scene where is it Galahad the Brave or I don't remember which which guy. He like goes into the tower and there's like all of these like maidens oh. that are like spank me. Okay, well, my parents always skipped over that scene when we watched that movie, so I've never actually seen that, and I forgot it was there. Oh. But. <laughs> so, yeah, Monty Python actually has a lot more female representation than you thought, you know? Oh, okay. Yeah, well. 
<laughs> I don't think that's much better. <laughs> we should do an episode of Monty Python. <laughs> oh, for sure. And the Holy Grail. Oh my gosh, I love that movie. I could say so much about it, but yeah, no, I had like very low expectations and like Batman. For Batman. Yeah, and they still didn't need <laughs> them. <laughs> Classic. Like, yeah, like, like, okay, at the beginning when you first see what's her name like Veronica, Vicky Vale Vicky Vale like I was like oh she seems to like know what she's doing and like be a career woman and like I was like oh maybe Josh like was just like joking or something about like maybe she'll actually be better than I thought and then like watching her I was like nope she like quickly flipped into a damsel in distress and like had nothing to do with her career and was always like being saved and like never really did anything besides like at the end she started like kissing the joker to like distract him and i was like okay so yeah the one thing she does is use her sexuality great <laughs> yeah i'm trying to think like did she ever have like an active part in the plot like i don't think so um like her, even though her active part was to be there so batman could save her right like even <laughs> though in the story she's kind of written as if she's actively trying to like make things happen by she's like actively trying to figure out Bruce Wayne's past. She's actively trying to photograph Batman, trying to figure out these things. But like, it feels like still everything, like her entire purpose in the movie is for things to happen to her, not for her to do anything. Well, and like, first of all, she gets the photo, like she doesn't even do those things. Like she gets the photographs, but then Batman steals them out of her bra. Yeah, she like knocks, he knocks her out and then like, fondles her to get them out of her bra and then like leaves her at home and then the batman or like bruce wayne's backstory is figured out by johnny knox or whatever that guy's name is that's true yeah he figured it out because yeah. he like looked at the newspapers and so like she didn't even like do that and then like the only other woman in the movie was that one guy's wife uh sugar bups yeah sugar, sugar bubs or whatever yeah. and that's like jack nicholson is like having an affair with that guy's wife, who I originally thought was that guy's daughter because or granddaughter, she, yeah, because right? she looks young enough to like be his daughter. And then Jack Nicholson like falls into the vat of acid because of the setup. And then he comes back to kill the guy and he's like, You killed me over a woman? Like women aren't important or something like that. And it was just kind of like a woman, really, you know, just kind of sounded like an object and like they not even an important object. So it was probably the least problematic thing about the women in this movie. Yeah, she I mean, she was like a, totally an object like to the Joker. Oh, it, yeah, exactly. Because then he used her face as like an art project to like yeah. his like homicidal, like chemical uh, art. Yeah, like burned her face. Yeah. And then she committed suicide because she didn't want to like. She did? Yeah. I don't remember that. She like jumped off of something. I can't remember because she like didn't want to be an object. Oh, I don't even, I don't remember because there was the the scene where they like go into the museum with Prince music and they destroy all the paintings. And I don't ever remember her after that because she show, comes in and they take the mask off. And I remember. Yeah, her no, showing up. there's later when like Vicky Vale is with the Joker and she asks about that woman and he said, oh, she like jumped out the window or something like that because she didn't want to be oh geez. his art project. I'm like, yeah, I don't feel like getting burned with chemicals and ca held captive and whatnot. Like, Plus like the Joker did that to her, but was already like starting to pursue Vicky Vale and 
It's just, it seems like super messed up. It well, like that, that's super, super messed, messed up, up. <laughs> for, it's like one, for him, it's a villain. So it's like you would expect the villain to do messed up things to women. But like Batman was no better, really. I mean, he wasn't having an affair and he wasn't like burning people with chemicals, but he also wasn't. Yeah, he was kind of rapey. Yeah. Like he got Vicky like super drunk and then like took her to bed and he was like sober, stone cold sober. Yeah. And that is pretty rapey. Then, like, so. even as Batman, when she gets in the Batmobile and they drive, he's like, get in the car. And she gets in. And then the whole time they're driving, she's like, where are we going? Where are we going? And she's like, vis- visibly, like, getting panicked and wondering, like, who is it? Like, I don't know who Batman is. I don't know where he's taking me. And he just, like, doesn't answer her questions, doesn't do anything. And then they end up in this cave, super kidnappy, and then basically knocks her out and undresses her. Yep. So that was pretty gross. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that reminds me, um, there's a great pitch meeting that they did for this movie. Can I show you? Sure. Okay. We'll just, uh, we'll take a break and we'll come back after this. Okay. Sorry for that interruption. I just had watched that pitch meeting video a couple, like a week ago or something. and thought it was really funny and wanted to show it to you. Yeah, that was pretty good. I think one of the other things I noticed about the movie was that Johnny Knox. Alexander Knox. Is very much like. The nice guy complex, like, he always asks Vicky, like, if she'll go out with him. And at the end, he's like, well, what about us when she's, like, leaving? As if she hadn't made it clear the entire movie. Yeah, that there was no us. (laughs) But he, he just kind of feels like he thinks that he should be dating a beautiful woman because he's not a tool like he perceives Bruce Wayne to be. So Yeah, the whole movie, he's just like, but wait, Bruce Wayne... He's rich. He's probably a womanizer. I'm poor. I'm a nice guy. Therefore, I'm owed women. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, look, Bruce Wayne is no saint himself, but yeah. all of the criticisms that Johnny Knox has are the wrong criticisms. Yeah. <laughs> um, One thing that was interesting that I looked up as I was watching the movie is one thing is like this movie is only like an hour, 48 minutes long. So it's not long, especially... Uh, in relation to uh, movies released nowadays that are pretty much two hours minimum. And then, especially superhero movies, like the new Batman that came out is like three hours long, I think. But this movie, I'm just looking that up. it kind of feels like a three-hour movie. And two I've, hours and 56 minutes. Jeez. I think, um, I think part of the reason... Wait, let me see. Let me double check the Batman runtime. It was either an hour 48 minutes or 148 minutes. Oh, wait, yeah, this is two hours, six minutes. So, yeah, I was like, it was a little longer than two hours. Maybe it was... It took us three hours because Hulu decided to uh, freak out on crap us. Crap out halfway through, <laughs> and then we turned it off and back on again, and we turned our TV off, we unplugged it, and every time we would, would went to go back into Batman, it would not play, and it would just be frozen. Yeah. But I waved my magic wand, and then it decided to, to work. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Batman Returns is two hours, six minutes. Oh. Let's see. Maybe if I go to the IMDb, it will like show me. Instead of like, you know how if you Google a question or if you Google something, then like at the top of the results, there will be a little Google box with like the suggested answer. That's what said two hours, six minutes. Yeah. So it might just be pulling that from Batman Returns. Okay. I'm on the IMDb page, but I don't know where to look to see runtime or anything. Oh, it's 126 minutes. Where'd you find that? Uh, The Wikipedia page. Oh, gotcha. <clears throat> Two, that is two hours and six minutes. 126. Okay. Okay. So longer 
than what I was originally thinking, but still like not super long, but it does. It just like it drags, especially I think like the third act is just kind of like weird. Yeah. And like the part where like the Joker starts using cosmetics to poison people. Like that was kind of weird. And then when he's talking about it's only like combinations, like it has to be lipstick and perfume and his chemical or whatever. Yeah. Like so. And then the third act when they make there's it's like starts in the parade and he starts throwing money and then Batman comes with the bat wing and then they go up the church and everything just like kind of. So I remember I've watched this movie a lot growing up. But I, I don't remember a lot about the last third of the movie because I, I think it was just because of how dark it was. Maybe it was scary, but I think it was also just kind of boring and it was hard for me to follow as a kid. So I would really only watch like the first half of the movie and then turn it off. But like Batman Returns with the Penguin, I've seen that all the way through a hundred times at least. But this one, I remember watching the end and Joker falls to his death. And I thought I had a a vivid memory of him on his way down using like those chattering teeth toys. You know, I'm talking about where you wind it up and the teeth go. Oh yeah. I thought he like shot that up back at the church as like a grappling hook and like hung there and then he didn't die. And I was so convinced of this. I was looking up if there were like alternate endings on VHS or if we had like some sort of censored version. and. I think what I was actually thinking of was in The Goonies when Data, that happens to Data. I don't know if you remember when we watched that, oh, but yeah. he like falls down and he uses chattering teeth as a grappling hook. But I was convinced that Joker, I was like, so weird. I was like, I don't remember this ending this way at all. Okay. I thought Jack Nicholson was a great Joker. Like, yeah. everyone talks about how Heath Ledger is the best Joker. And I do agree with that. I think he was better than jack nicholson but like jack nicholson did a very good job and like with with what he was getting yeah with what he was given yeah despite the campiness of the movie like he used his acting skills to like make the joker like actually a very terrifying character yeah it was so campy but like i i think part of the reason why i didn't watch this one as much as i watched batman returns as a kid was because i was genuinely scared of Jack Nicholson as the Joker. Like he does shoot, like he kills people. He shoots uh, Grimly or Griswold or whatever the guy's name was. And then he burns a guy alive with like the buzzer on his hand. I remember uh-huh. being so scared of that. And the guy's like skin melts off. Ugh. But even some of the camera work, like when Vicky Vale throws water in his face and he's like, oh, I'm melting, I'm melting. And all of his like flesh colored makeup comes off and it reveals like the white underneath. It turns around and goes, boo. Watching that as an adult, it's kind of silly. But as a kid, I was genuinely scared of that. Yeah. And I think part of it, too, is that, like, I mean, the Joker himself is just kind of like a scary character. Like, there's a contrast from, like, what you think of a villain and then, like, the Joker who is, like, very colorful and smiley and he laughs a lot. And those are generally things you associate with positively, but he's actually, like, super demented and messed up. Yeah, um, I think part of the reason why this movie feels so long and like I think it 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 takes more effort for you to understand what's actually happening in the plot than like a typical movie, because 
every scene is really short and it cuts back and forth, back and forth to what Batman's doing, to what the Joker's doing, to what Batman's doing, to what the Joker's doing. Did you notice that? I mean, not really, but I also felt like it was so much easier to understand than like the Christopher Nolan ones. Oh, yeah, because that's messed with your mind, like... Yeah, the Christopher Nolan ones, I had the Wikipedia page pulled up the whole time and I read the plot like 20 times while I was trying to understand what was going on with the movie. Yeah, that was but... one of those movies, uh, like the Dark Knight with the Heath Ledger um, Joker. Like I had seen a lot since 2008 when it came out, but it wasn't until I watched it with you when I actually understood what the Joker was trying to do and what the climax of the movie was actually trying to achieve and... I know I probably asked an annoying amount of questions, but that's okay. But I was just, yeah, with this movie, it just seemed like like a lot of things felt a little bit disconnected, and it took more energy to connect all of the dots from one scene to the next. Um, and I feel like part of it was because, like I said, like it every scene felt shorter than like in a typical movie, and it kept like cutting. And then I looked it up, and actually. I looked up, I was wondering, I was like, it seems like the Joker is in this movie almost more than Batman is. Oh, for sure. And I looked it up, and Batman is in the movie only 15 seconds more than the Joker. Oh, really? Yeah. I like. I looked it up. Um, I took a screenshot. So Bruce Wayne slash Batman has 32 minutes and 30 seconds of screen time, and Jack Napier slash the Joker has 32 minutes, 15 seconds. Huh. And That's so I wondered if part of it, like why it felt that way. Um, I know that um, they really wanted Jack Nicholson to come in and be the Joker. And I know that he would only do it for a certain deal. Maybe part of that deal was more screen time. And so they had to like write in more for him or something. I felt like it worked in this movie, though. I kind of liked the focus kind of on the villain and like the Batman being in the background. Because like it wasn't until like. 15, 20 minutes into the movie when, like, Bruce Wayne, like, actually shows up. Like, it yeah. starts out with Jack Napier. Like, there was Batman in the opening scene where he, like, scares the criminals. But, yeah. like, all he did was, like, scare two thieves and say, tell your friends about me. But we don't really see him being Batman. And then, yeah, it wasn't until they show up to his party like, mm -hmm. that you see Michael Keaton as Bruce Wayne. So it's almost it almost feels like the Joker is the main character. And that Batman is the antagonist, but in this movie, the antagonist wins. And it just so happens to be that Batman, the antagonist, is the hero. Yeah. You know how, like, Infinity War can be watched as if Thanos is the protagonist, main character, and and the Avengers are trying to stop him, but in the end, he wins? Really? Have, have, have I ever told you about that? No. Yeah, I think, I don't remember if the directors, like the Russo brothers, said that that's how they wanted the movie to feel, but I've heard, like, people um, talk about it that way, where it you can watch Infinity War and it feels like Thanos is the main character and that like in the end he like ends up winning. I don't remember much about Infinity War besides the end with Scarlet Witch and uh, Vision. Oof, that's yeah. good. But also like Infinity War, like have I ever told you the story of like when I watched it for the first time? I don't think so. I, okay, so like it came out while I was serving my mission and so... You know, we don't watch movies like while we're on our mission. So I hadn't seen it. And I had been home for about a month. And that's when Endgame came out. And my aunt Leslie calls me up and she's like, hey, you want to go see this movie? And I was like, yeah, but I like haven't seen Infinity War yet. And she's like, OK, well, you better watch it. Like, I'll we can go see a later showing. 
but you better start the movie now because it's like a three hour long movie. And so I just remember like pulling it up on my phone, like on Netflix and like trying to watch it. And I have like distinct memories having the phone like up on the counter and I'm like in the shower and I have the shower curtain like halfway open so I can like watch the movie while I'm like getting ready to go see the next movie. That's hilarious. And so I don't know how much of it I like actually absorbed, but I do remember like going to see Endgame and I was like, oh yeah, that was a good payoff. Like this was awesome. Yeah. So Infinity War starts out with oh, how he has, Thanos has some Infinity Stones and I think Loki gives him the Space Stone like in the opening scene and then he kills Loki and then he uses the Space Stone to teleport away. But then, like, throughout the rest of the movie, he collects all of the remainder of the stones. And then the last stone that he gets is the mind stone from Vision and then snaps away everybody. And so it's like from beginning and then and then the closing shot, like he snaps and then he teleports away. And the closing shot of the movie after it shows everybody dusting away is Thanos on his like garden planet, like sitting down and watching the sunset. And then it like fades out. And so it's like from beginning to end. It's been, it was like about Thanos and that the superheroes were trying to stop him, but they failed. Mm -hmm. And I felt like this was kind of similar to that where Jack Napier slash the Joker was consistently a main character throughout and that you could watch it as if Batman was the antagonist. But instead of the villain winning in the end, the villain still lost in the end. Yeah. I, yeah, I can definitely see that with Batman. Like totally makes sense. I also just thought it was interesting. All of the other, there's like a page on IMDb that has each live action, not live action, but each feature Batman film with their respective character runtimes. And the only one where like it was that close was this Batman movie between the villain and the and Batman <laughs> in like the Dark Knight. I thought, oh, Heath Ledger probably had, you know, a lot of screen time too, but it was only half. Like, I think in that one, Bruce Wayne had like 30 or 40 minutes, but Heath Ledger as the Joker only had like 16 minutes. Really? Yeah. Wow. Huh. But it doesn't feel like that, right? Because no. he had like such a, he stole every scene that he's in, such a commanding presence that you like, he felt like he was much more in the movie. Than yeah. He was. Like his character just kind of like was, I don't know how to say it, but it's just like, even when he wasn't on screen, like you were thinking about him. You were feeling the presence or like yeah, the effects feeling... of what he was doing yeah. even when he wasn't on the screen. Yeah, that's, yeah, exactly what I'm trying to say. Yeah, the one with the the move, the Batman movie with the longest Bruce Wayne screen time is Batman Begins. It has almost 70 minutes of Bruce Wayne. And that makes sense because that movie is all about Bruce Wayne becoming Batman. And like, there isn't really like, the villain showing up until the climax of the movie with Ra's al Ghul coming to like burn down Wayne Manor. Oh yeah. But yeah, in that one, it's almost 70 minutes with Bruce Wayne and then Ra's al Ghul only has 16 minutes. Wait, is that the one with Katie Holmes? Ah, uh, I don't remember. Cause I know there's two movies that the actress that plays Rachel is recast from Batman Begins to Dark Knight, but I can't remember which actress is in which movie. Katie Holmes was the first one. Okay. And then Maggie Gyllenhaal. Gotcha. I think on that page, um, the Lego Batman movie was relatively like high on Batman's screen time. Really? Yeah. <laughs> hey, this is Editing Josh. 
from the future. Sorry for the poor audio, but I just wanted to jump in real quick and add something else that's cool. Uh, We recorded this episode a couple weeks ago before we had seen the new Batman movie, but since seeing that, I just wanted to update this list of Bruce Wayne slash Batman screen times. The new Robert Pattinson Batman movie 2022 completely breaks the record, blows all the rest of the movies out of the water. I think Bruce Wayne ended up having 129 minutes of screen time, which nearly doubles what the first place was at the time of this recording. Um, Bruce Wayne only had like 69 minutes in Batman Begins. So anyways, that was really cool. If you haven't seen that movie, go see it. I know we were really late. It's already been out like a month, but we loved it. And can't wait to show Sydney some more Batman movies in the future. Um, I, I really enjoyed uh, watching it this time through because I think I had forgotten how much I loved Batman as a character when I was a child. Um, cause I had seen, like we had all of the, um, Tim Burton and, uh, what is it? Joe Schumacher Batman movies on VHS. And I would watch them over and over and over again. And I had, we had some of the animated Batman movies with, uh, Kevin Conroy, I want to say. Let me just double check. Yeah, Kevin Conroy. And I had books with Batman. I had this one, I can remember this one book where there were these buttons on each page. Or I think at the bottom, there was a panel of buttons that had different like pictures on them. And then as you read, it would be like Batman said, and then it would have this picture. And then you'd go down, you push that picture, and it Batman would be like, crime doesn't pay. And throughout the entire book, there were all of these different like villains and I, I just loved it. And I remember that I had a CD-ROM game for Batman. I think it's called like Batman Justice Unbalanced or something. And I would spend hours and hours and hours playing that. And I just loved just being in the like the Gotham universe. And there were all these like games and puzzles and stuff. And I loved like playing as Batman, trying to solve mysteries because he was such like a detective kind of character. Um, I had so I had like a huge tote full of like Batman action figures and I had this huge bat cave uh, set with like multiple levels and you could like put Bruce Wayne on the top of this um, elevator and you push the elevator down and when he gets to the bottom he's in like his Batman out, like outfit and cape and stuff. I thought it was so cool you put Batman in you push the elevator down or you put Bruce Wayne in comes out Batman comes out and I had like this big Batmobile car that you could put the guys in. And I don't know. I just loved it. But in the last decade where Marvel has continuously put out, you know, higher quality movies and DC has kind of like failed to ca- failed to catch up. And like they try to put out Justice League and, there, you know, there's all the um, criticisms about that. I just kind of forgot how much I enjoy Batman as a character. Yeah. DC has like flopped for the most part the last like several years and I think that's probably why I'm more of like a Marvel person than DC is just because like they have like Marvel's done like really well and DC has not like I have no desire to see any of those movies that they've put out in the last several years I think we're getting a lot of DC movies this year though yeah and I still kind of don't care, to be honest. Yeah. Like, like I want to see the new Robert Pattinson Batman movie because that looked so good. And I've heard it so good. But I don't really have a desire to see anything else. Yeah, I think like this year they're putting out Shazam 
2 and maybe Aquaman 2 and like that one movie with Dwayne Johnson as I think it's called like Black Adam or something. And I don't know, I just I haven't seen a lot of the DC movies to like like I, I didn't see any of the Suicide Squad movies or the Birds of Prey or um a Wonder Woman. I don't even know if good. I saw Justice League. I did see Wonder Woman. That was good. That was great. Wonder Woman 2 was weird. Yeah, I don't know. I think that's where my superhero burnout comes in again. Like I can only yeah. be excited about like one like uh universe of like superheroes. Like and Marvel's the one that's done it the best, so that's the one I'm most excited about, but I really have no desire to like branch out and like get more into DC or yeah, I think, anything like that. I think part of it's because I have watched MCU movies for a while and so I've become familiar with characters and Marvel has done a good job of getting you excited about uh continuing the stories of characters that you've become familiar with and it's almost like there's that hesitancy or barrier of entry to like go back over to DC with characters that I'm not as familiar with and whereas like Marvel is like in my like safe zone I know these characters and I'm excited to see like what's up for them and but that like wasn't ever the, the case like before the MCU kind of happened with Iron Man the only two Marvel characters that I knew about was Spider-Man and the Incredible Hulk. And that was just because there were Spider-Man and Incredible Hulk movies prior to the MCU coming out. And I know there was X-Men movies too, but I had I had never seen the X-Men movies. Oh, I did watch the X-Men movies when I was younger, like probably preteen. And oh, so I, you had seen those? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot. Sometimes I forget about those because like, to be honest, if you ask me like what happened in the X-Men movies, I like totally don't remember because I probably watched them in seventh grade like my dad like buys up like he just goes through like the dollar bin at Walmart well he used to do the dollar bin at Walmart now he's moved to like pawn shops and he just has like this crazy huge DVD collection um from it and like when I was younger I was like looking for recommendations and he was just like well it's like try the X-Men and you know I was probably in like seventh grade and that was what like 12 years ago <laughs> So I like watched all of the X-Men movies and I thought they were good and I don't really remember much from them. There's the one that I like kind of remember more than the others, like the one where um, there's the people who are trying to take away their powers and stuff. And so like um, Anna Paquin's character like goes and is like seriously considering it because her power is like sucking the life out of people she touches basically. So, yeah. but... I still haven't seen most of the X-Men movies. I think before we moved in to our current apartment, the only X-Men movie I had seen was X-Men Origins Wolverine, which I think is what most people would say is the worst X-Men movie, maybe. I didn't actually see that one. Um, and so I, at that time, there were some X-Men movies on Disney+, Plus, and I watched them like x-men and x2 or something and i can't remember what happened but then then i got kind of confused because i tried to look up like the release order or you know which order to watch these shows in because they're not as connected and there's weird timeline stuff so and i haven't just i haven't gotten around to like watching all the rest of them yeah i saw um x-men x2 and x-men the last stand so those are the ones that i've seen have you heard the rumors that daniel radcliffe is going to be the new Wolverine? No, I have not heard that. Wouldn't that be crazy awesome? Yeah, that'd be pretty good. <laughs> that'd be so funny. Oh my gosh. 
Only if he plays it comedically, though. Like, I don't want a serious Daniel Radcliffe, like, Wolverine. I want him to be, like, a com- like do it a- like a comedy. What would be funny, though, is if he, like, took himself seriously as Wolverine, but, like, everyone else was just kind of like, what's up with this guy, like, making fun of him or whatever, but he's, like, taking himself super seriously. Kind of like, like Ant-Man, one. you know, where they're, like, making fun of his powers because they're, like, it's dumb. Yeah, but, like, even, like, Paul Rudd is, like, joking around the whole time. Yeah, that's so true. It'd be funny if, because, you know, like, I think in the comics, Wolverine is, like, super short compared oh, really? to everybody else. And Daniel Radcliffe's, like, short guy. Yeah. So, like, he's standing next to, like, Chris Hemsworth and, like, all these, like, six-foot-tall guys. And he's, like, super short. And they're all, like, super ripped. But he's, like, Wolverine, like, trying to, like, you know, be intimidating. Yeah, because Hugh Jackman was ripped in, like, X-Men and stuff. Yeah. Okay, I have to pee really bad. To the Batmobile. Let's go. Atomic batteries to power. Turbines to speed. Roger. Ready to move out. Welcome back. It's always nice to have you on the podcast with me. Oh, thanks, babe. Yeah. You know, I enjoy being here. Glad you have me as your guest every week. It's like I have any other choice. Okay. I was just saying how when I was growing up, I had so much knowledge about Batman. I I never read a Batman comic, but just based on the like kids books and the games and the toys and stuff I had, I knew so much about Batman and all of his different villains that he faced and different like iterations of his costume and like his Batmobile and his Batwing and motorcycle and and so I just had so much but then even now with the MCU all of these characters that I'm familiar with I don't know like all of their different like villains or the only villains I know for them are things that have showed up on screen. Yeah, I guess that's true. I don't know. I'm not super big into mix, but I like the movies. Yeah, there was like a point last year where I was like, I, I like superhero movies and I've, I feel like I would enjoy comics, but I just, that's another thing is like, I don't know like where to start because there's millions of comics that have been coming out since like the 60s. and Yeah, I enjoy when there's like new MCU stuff that's announced and then people who know the comics very well start speculating about who it could be like from the comics and stuff. Like that's fun for me to like read other people's stuff, but I have no desire to like pick up a comic or like dive into that world. Yeah, I um I would I think it would be easier for me to like pick, you know, maybe Batman and then go back to like read like the early Batman comics or early spider-man comics but i feel like those are all like super rare and expensive and hard to find because i feel like if i was like i want to start reading 
like Shang-Chi comics, then I might start reading stuff that's like coming out now. And it's all like containing like crossovers and stuff about other characters that I haven't read their comics yet. Yeah. Because I know that I think I've heard that like Daredevil crosses over into Spider-Man comics a lot. And I I didn't know anything about Daredevil until uh, I think I just watched the Daredevil series. That was probably like last fall that I watched that. Yeah, it was a couple months. Yeah. But anyway, so now you've seen the three Christopher Nolan Batman movies and you've seen the 1989 Michael Keaton Batman movie. Are you down to watch the remaining Batman movies or are you like, do you have any interest in seeing the other ones, even if we pace it out? Yes. Okay. If we pace it out. I cool. I have an interest. I think, okay, I think like the Christopher Nolan Batman movies are definitely better quality. But I would probably, like, watch the Michael Keaton Batman, like, more. Just because it's, like, more lighthearted and it's something I, like, might throw on while I'm studying or something. But, like, the Christopher Nolan Batman movies require a lot more brain power and they're, like, a lot darker. So, so far, we haven't seen um, the Batman, the one that just came out with Robert Pattinson. I think it's been out for, like, a week now. Um, Hopefully we'll get, uh, we'll have some time to go see it in this next week but i was thinking like it might be fun to at least watch batman returns before we go see it because batman returns has michelle pfeiffer as catwoman and then it would be fun to see like at least like a catwoman portrayal before we go see zoe kravitz i saw anne Anne hathaway oh that's true i forgot about that yeah she's in the christopher nolan batman gotcha or um but then again there's danny devito as the penguin and then I think in this one, there's Colin Farrell as the Penguin. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then, um, oh, I can never remember which one it is. Either in Batman Forever or Batman, I think it's Batman Forever, has Jim Carrey as the Riddler. And he's like the super like cartoony Jim Carrey-esque Riddler that's like super fun. And I think the Riddler in this movie I've heard is just like very like apocalyptic, dark something. But that's what I haven't. Actually, I've been trying to stay away from all Batman spoilers, so I don't know a lot about what to expect for that character. Yeah, I haven't really seen Cool. Well, yeah, I love when you are in the mood to watch fun superhero movies with me. <laughs> I know they're not always your favorite, but I love, you know, getting to watch, you know, stuff that I like with you. Yeah, I'm definitely like more of a comedy person. And so, you know, I'm usually in the mood to watch something more along the lines of Monty Python or Fletch but like this one I think I enjoyed a little bit more because it was more lighthearted and like comical like you know we were kind of like making fun of it the whole time yeah <laughs> like just like with the oh we fall into a vat of generic chemicals you know and the fact that like the- all the chemicals that um are going into like the cosmetics and like it seems like all the cosmetics and stuff are just coming out of the same factory and like yeah 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 i uh i'm actually surprised at how frequently you have been willing to watch superhero content with me like since we started dating and got married because you told me like you're not really into it and so i was you know kind of preparing to you know watch a lot on my own but in the last year you watched every episode of WandaVision and Falcon Winter Soldier and Loki and all the shows. And we went and saw all of the Marvel movies like opening weekend. And 
that was like, it was just so much fun. And I really appreciate you being willing, willing to, um, like, I guess what I'm trying to say is thanks for participating. (laughs) (laughs) But like, really, it's, that means a lot that you do that with me. Yeah. It's been a lot of fun, I think. And I, it, it makes it easier that, um, like the last year of MCU content has been so different you know like I didn't like when I was watching WandaVision that was one of my favorite things that came out last year and it didn't feel like I was watching a superhero movie to like or like a superhero thing until like maybe the last like one or two episodes but that one wrecked me yeah emotional damage (laughs) I am prepared to be wrecked even more because it it still like like WandaVision you know played at your emotions the whole time and uh like it was a a deep dive character study on grief and trauma and everything that she went through and it none of it got resolved really at the end yeah. it just kind of like got worse and and now we're going into multiverse of madness where she plays a big part and i feel like it's just going to you know dive even deeper into her background and story and everything and i'm just I feel like we're going to like have our feelings hurt again. Yeah. I mean, she like did some pretty messed up stuff, but also you feel so bad for her and like what she's been through because she's been through stuff that like most of us can't even imagine, you know, losing her parents and then her brother and then her partner and then having them come back and like having kids and then losing them all again, like and watching like thousands of people die like every time she like does anything basically so yeah i think she's like one of the most interesting well-written nuanced characters like right now mm-hmm. and i am really excited to see more from her i i know a lot of people are you know don't like her which i think is just weird because she's like such a like interesting like you know character but yeah i mean she's always been one of my favorite superheroes basically since she like came on the screen in Age of Ultron like I've always loved her character I think part of it is because she's been one of the only like superheroes and so like she's the only female superheroes and so she's like one of the few that I felt like I could connect with but now that they've thrown like like they've developed her character more and given her depth like she's definitely like way up there yeah um I would just be interested as we continue watching different Batman movies to see what your opinions are on the different actors that have portrayed Batman. Yeah. I feel like Michael Keaton did a pretty good job. Yeah. Um, He's definitely one of the most iconic Batmans just because it's been so long. Um, But like, I feel like there are like Christian Bale did a better job at like making Bruce Wayne an intriguing personality, making Batman like like a commanding like presence. Yeah. He just seemed kind of like uh like I don't know, Christian Bale like definitely gives him like more um more of like a trauma response kind of Batman. Um Right. Michael Keaton plays him more flat, but you know, there's still depth there, I think. Like, I don't know. I think Michael Keaton's, like, a good actor. The only part I feel like that wasn't flat in Michael Keaton's performance was when he's in Vicky Vale's apartment and he's trying to, like, rile up the Joker. And he takes the poker, like, the fireplace poker 
um, and starts smashing all the things on Vicky's like mantle and like starts screaming. It's like, you want to dance or something? Oh yeah, that's and, when you turn to me and you're like, this is the guy that plays Beetlejuice. Yeah, you're like, <laughs> you're like, this is the part where you're reminded that Michael Keaton is Be- Beetlejuice. Yeah, he's really good as Beetlejuice. Yeah, he's also really really good in Spider Man. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. That he plays the Vulture. Yeah, he is really good. He's a good actor. I think I feel yeah. like he's a little underrated for like how good of an actor he is. Yeah. Um. But I've yeah. So we've heard that he's coming back to play Batman again in like the Flash movie, and I think like Batgirl or something. And so I'm I'm interested. Michael to, Keaton's playing Batgirl. He's playing Batman again in Batgirl. Oh. I don't know if that's a show or a movie or something, but I yeah I don't know I like I said I don't really care much for DC so I haven't paid attention at all. Yeah, I think that um, Batman is the only. Well, I guess I like I liked like the Christopher Reeve Superman movies. Didn't see them, but I was I was never as into Superman as I was into Batman. Yeah, and then I've just been more into like like primarily Batman story than. You know, Ben Affleck was like Batman versus Superman and Justice League, and I just like never really got into that. Yeah, I heard Batman versus Superman was like pretty good up until the end when like they call off their whole fight because their moms have the same name. I can't even remember what happens, but that makes sense. Yeah, it it doesn't make sense though. That's the thing. oh, like- well, I mean, it makes <laughs> sense that people that 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 part or you know that it wasn't good because of that. What I'm trying to say, but yeah, yeah. That's such a whack ending. Like, who would write that? Probably the same guy who wrote Somehow Palpatine Returns. <laughs> that was when we, so in the Batman, uh, in Batman 1989 that we just watched. And sorry to confuse you by saying the Batman because that's the title of the in theaters one at the moment. But the one we just watched, Jack falls into the uh, pool of chemicals. And then later you can see his like, uh, playing cards floating on the surface and his like defigured hand coming up out of the chemicals and I turned to you and I was like uh he's returned and you were just like somehow Jack returned or somehow the Jack, Joker returned I said somehow Jack Nicholson returned <laughs> oh <laughs> that was hilarious yeah do you have any final thoughts about Batman mm, no not really I just think it's interesting that you know we came on here to talk about the Batman and we spent a huge chunk of time talking about the MCU. Yeah, I, I kind of expected that to happen because um, we haven't talked about any superhero stuff on the podcast before, which I think is really surprising because that's been something that I have been introducing more to you since really the beginning when we started dating. Yeah. And I, especially a lot last year when we watched so much superhero content from... January when WandaVision came out all the way till December when we watched Far From Home or I mean No Way Home. So I was yeah. I was surprised that we hadn't gotten into any superhero stuff on the podcast yet. And so I figured that when we talk about Batman, we'd end up talking about just kind of like all of it all together. Yeah. Also, I'm just so happy to like be recording again with you. I just I, I really enjoy just like being able to sit and have these conversations and like spend this time. Yeah, I miss this a lot. I'm really glad that we're back at it. So, um, yeah, we like we don't we ha- it's not that we haven't been recording episodes for lack of content. We have so many planned episodes and 
like we have a list of people that we've invited to be guests on our podcast and episodes for them, but we like flaked out on them. Uh, well, we never like set dates, and so hopefully they'd still be willing to come on the show. Um, and but like next week we are going down to the Grand Canyon again. We went um, in 2020. Yeah, and we're taking uh, Sid's brother. And that'll be super fun. So we'll probably end up recording an episode. That'd be fun to have McKay back on. He was, I guess he was a guest on our HR Puffin Stuff episode. He's a friend when things get rough. So I'm sure he would be down to come down and talk about our trip. Um, And then we have like so many other things. But uh, hopefully we'll be able to have a little bit more time, especially after the semester ends and during the summer, we'll probably have a lot more time. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I'm taking summer classes and working full time. So, If not, this will be both the season two premiere and the season two finale <laughs> yeah. of our podcast. Yeah, I'm sorry, guys. College is zapping me. Uh, if you want, if you're super invested in the show and you want more like frequent episodes to be like guaranteed, maybe we should start a Patreon and you yeah. can pledge your support and... Yeah, pledge your support to my college education so that I don't have to work. <laughs> pledge your support so we can afford groceries. Yep. Anyway, uh, I think it's about that time of night that we wrap up the show. Yeah. Well, thanks again for listening, everybody. Once again, we just want to say we are so happy to be back and recording for you all. And thanks to our listeners who have reached out to us and asked where we've been. We have missed you guys, too. Okay. Blah, 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 blah. Let me get in the zone. Auto zone. I'm going to cut that out. That's so cheesy. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've been Josh. Uh, my wife has been Sydney. We've been your hosts. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at Josh is rich. I don't know how to say it because it's like separated by underscores. Josh sh- underscore is underscore rich. But that sounds like that's such a mouthful. Do you say like Josh is rich separated by underscores or just what's or maybe I, I should would- just like change it. Without the underscores, if I can. I don't know. That's up to you, babe. I'm at Josh underscore is underscore rich. And I'm at dip your chicken. That's D-I-P-Y-O-U-R jazz plus jazz equals jazz. <laughs> but you can also find our podcast um, page on Instagram at TFP underscore pod. I don't know if you caught that, but that's TFP stands for thanks for participating underscore pod short for podcast. Oh, thanks for clarifying. Did you know the podcast is actually short for iPod broadcast? I didn't. There you go. Thanks for clarifying because I really needed that information. Yeah. Um, I think we do technically have a podcast Twitter at TFP underscore show, but I don't think we've ever tweeted anything. Yeah. So- and I think Ryan Lehman might be our only follower on Twitter. <laughs> Ryan's a homie. <laughs> okay. Um, if you have any feedback or episode suggestions or, uh, I mean, just anything at all, you can email us at participating.podcast at gmail.com. We love whenever listeners reach out to us on, you know, our Instagram or our email just to say hi, let us know you enjoy the show. Uh, I We also have an inst- or. or Blah, blah, blah. We also have a TikTok for our podcast that we've like posted videos on in the past. Oh yeah, we do. Uh, we haven't posted anything in there in a while, but 
there was a while where we were trying to post uh, daily or, you know, several times a week. Yeah, but I don't know what it is. Oh, wait, it is TFP underscore pod. Okay. So Instagram and TikTok at TFP underscore pod. Um, we'd also really appreciate it if you take a few moments of your time to rate and review us on iTunes. Um, that way, that's just another way that we can see that you are listening um, and get some feedback. Uh, we will re- read your reviews on the podcast. Um, and also that will help more people to be able to discover our show and it will grow our audience, which will be awesome. When you say we'll read our reviews on the podcast, do you mean we'll read them on the podcast while we're filming or I guess recording? That's what we've done in the past, right? Whenever When oh. we got the new reviews, we read them. And like when people have emailed us in the past, we've you oh, know, yeah. read parts of their email on so, our recording. Better be a good one. Otherwise, we'll roast you. Yeah, we will read positive reviews on the podcast. We will. I don't know. Maybe we'll read negative ones if they're funny. <laughs> but... Only if I can give sassy commentary. If I wasn't clear, please give us a positive five-star rating and review on iTunes. <laughs> uh, shout out to Vaishan Brandon, who did our cover art, which is amazing. You can find him on Instagram at Vaishan Designs. That's V-A-S-H-A-U-N Designs. And as always, our music is by the wonderfully talented wickedly talented Adele Dazim. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, Mitch Fry. Uh, you can find his Instagram at firefry underscore. That's F-I-R-E-F-R-E-I underscore. He also has a YouTube channel that you can check out, which is Mitch Fry Music. Thanks for listening, you guys. Uh, we're glad to be back and we hopefully will be here next week. So Thanks for participating. And thank you for not dropping me into a vat of acidic chemicals. Anytime, babe. You ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight?